Hello and welcome to Family Renewal. I'm Israel Wayne, your host. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as we take a look at faith, family, and culture, all through the lenses of a biblical worldview. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of the Family Renewal Podcast. I'm Israel Wayne. And I'm Brooke Wayne. We're going to talk to you again today about the topic of homeschooling. This is something that my wife and I, of course, uh, are very interested in, but we also have a lot of experience with this topic, being homeschooled graduates ourselves and homeschooling parents of nine. We're going to be talking about answers for homeschooling. Most people have a critic of some kind in their life. It may be a neighbor, it may be a relative, someone who uh, feels that you are doing a disservice to your children if you're teaching them at home, maybe someone in your church. Uh, Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are well-meaning and they want the best for uh, children and they feel that children are best served being in a public school with friends and peers their own age and they feel that Students who are kept home are going to be socially deprived. They're going to be academically deprived. And so I think usually out of concern and uh, well-meaning attitudes, they sometimes are oppositional to a decision to homeschool. And that can create stress. That can be difficult for someone if they do not uh, know how to answer these questions. So I've actually written a new book. It's called Answers for Homeschooling, the top 25 questions critics ask. And we're going to be diving into this topic of how to confront and how to answer, uh, hopefully in a a loving way, the challenges that are brought up uh, by people who have questions about homeschooling, whether they're uh, just mildly curious or whether they are kind of doggedly opposed to the idea of home education, we want to talk about how we can address those topics. I really think this is going to be a great resource for those who are already homeschooling, who have been in it for a couple years and are getting these questions from aunts and uncles and grandparents and the neighbors and those at the grocery store saying, well, why, why do you do what you do? Why do you keep your kids at home? Do you not want to have them interact with other kids their own age? Are you trying to keep them out of college? Are you sure this is legal? How are you qualified to teach your own children? What are you going to do about sports in the prom? And sometimes, you know, even though we're in this season where we're homeschooling, we're dedicating ourselves to our children, it can be hard to know how to respond graciously and articulately. So this book comes as a packaged resource with 25 questions and the answers, not as a packed answer that you can say here, da 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 da, not a script to memorize, but as a um, a means to help you solidify what you yourself believe on those questions, and then be able to pass on in a kind way to those who are asking. But it's also for those who might be interested in homeschooling and they have questions themselves and are interested in knowing, well, how would I prepare my f- child for? college education, or what do I do if my child is learning disabled? Yeah, the the book that I wrote before this, Education, Does God Have an Opinion?, is really the big overview of a biblical philosophy of education. Um, I think it's one of the most comprehensive books on the market that deal with how to think biblically 
on the topic of education and how to apply a biblical worldview to all the different academic subjects. So that's a book that I wish you know every parent would read to learn how to uh, really develop this biblical philosophy of education. But it is a little bit tedious. Um, you know, it's it's the kind of book that y- you really have to be into that topic in order to uh, love and appreciate it. So if someone's currently homeschooling, they're there, right? You know, they're uh, they're engaged and they want to know, how can I pass my faith on to my children? How can I do this strategically and systematically uh, through a home education paradigm? Um, for somebody who is maybe mildly interested in homeschooling or looking into it, but they don't know any of the specifics or any of the details. There are a lot of logistical questions that need to be answered. And I didn't answer those. Uh, well, some, a lot of them I did, but questions like, what do I do about high school transcripts? And what about sports? And, you know, what about legal issues and all those kinds of things? I really didn't get into those things in that book because it's, it's the macro big picture book. Um, this book is more the practical how-to. It's more the nuts and bolts. Right. It's more the details, I guess. Right. So let's jump into some of the topics. Sure. Um, the uh, topics were ones that, of course, um, you and I have dealt with a lot over the years, things right. that we've heard. The ones you've all heard. What about socialization, that type of thing? What about salt and light? But it was kind of fun because you put this out on some uh, media, social media groups, and did some posts and um, yeah, we surveyed several polls. different audiences right. of homeschool groups and asked what are the top objections that you hear from people regarding homeschooling, or what are the number one questions that you ask in your own mind about homeschooling? Right. What are the things that you're struggling with and grappling with? And so, what I would say is that this book deals with a lot more than just twenty five questions because in some of these chapters there are a lot of subpoints. Sure. And so I deal with many of those questions within one chapter. So, for example, we would have one chapter uh, where we're dealing with extracurricular activities. That's chapter 20. But in that one chapter, I'm addressing things like sports and the prom and band and, uh, you know, co-ops and, you know, just lots of things about how um, you can teach Uh, elective classes or what about swimming and horseback riding and field trips and you know all that kind of thing so like that's there are a lot of questions that get answered specifically but under that umbrella of that one chapter right so in the course of this book uh which i think is about what 200 and it's close to 200 pages it's about 187 pages it looks like um within the course of this book we are addressing uh, probably well over a hundred questions yes. total yes. Um, that people ask about home education. So I want to dive right into this first one. Um, it's not the first one in the book, but uh, first one on my mind is: Are you qualified to teach your child? This was really big when I was growing up. Uh, a big question, probably ranked second actually to what about socialization? But a lot of folks would come up to my mom and say, "Well, how are you qualified to teach your own children?" Um, she had a high school degree. She had done two years of college, but she was not a teacher by uh, education or trade. And so that was a big question. What would you say to that? Well, in this book, I actually give uh, some statistics and I give research um, that you can use that is actual 
uh, documented, fact-based statistics and studies and research related to academic outcomes for students based on the formal schooling of their parents. And in a nutshell, you know, you'll find that the formal schooling of the parent has very little to do with academic outcomes or achievement in a home education environment. Right. And there are reasons for that, and I talk about that within the book. But um, I think, Im- importantly, it's, Im- it's vital for parents to understand that the fact that they think they can't teach their child shows how they have been victimized by the, the myth of what I call uh, the cult of the expert. And, you know, heard a lady the other day who was a lady who I believe had a master's degree in astrophysics or something like that. And this woman was obviously brilliant. And yet she said she believed when her child was six years old, that she was not capable and competent enough to teach her first grader. Yeah. I mean, how could you have a master's degree in astrophysics and decide that you aren't smart enough to teach a six-year-old? There's something wrong with that picture. Well, you have been programmed by the academic environment in which you were raised to believe that only professional trained experts are able to teach your children. And many parents believe this and they buy into it. And so in this book, I I go through um, real facts and real studies and research that shows that a a homeschooling parent with a high school diploma or less will have students who achieve academically uh, as well or better than uh, students in government schools whose parents have PhDs and are certified teachers and, and so right. on. It, it really uh, has mostly to do with the issue of um, class size and individual attention mm-hmm. and, and care. And care. And so, you know, if you, if you think about um, what makes a great teacher, if, if you were to ask any government school administrator um, what would be ideal for a learning environment and and how would students best excel within your paradigm? Um, they would probably say things like small class size, um, teachers who care, competent teachers, uh, but but then also um, you know teachers who who are engaged and who who understand the students and can right. kind of you know customize and tailor the learning environment around that student. And and those are things that you get within. Uh, homeschooling environment by default, right? And so, and, and can always have uh, better than what a government school can offer. You're never going to have a better student to teacher ratio. You're <laughs> yes. never going to have uh, a, a teacher who cares more than mm-hmm. the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're never going to have a teacher who knows the child better. And and in a government school classroom, you can't customize the curriculum around the child. You have to force fit the child to the curriculum. Right. So there's just so many reasons why the the home education model uh, works better. And and these are things that I explore uh, again in depth. And, and this book um, contains a lot of research and a lot of data, a lot of footnoting to resources that you can go and study and point people to studies and research and statistics. Um, because while education has got to have an opinion, was pointing to scripture, what does the Bible say? Um, we realize that some of the skeptics in your life, they want 
math and science. They want hard data on yes. this. And so I wanted to make that available in this book, and we provide a lot of that. So this is not just me shooting from the hip giving my opinion about why I think homeschooling is good. Uh, this, this is fact-based research. I'm also thinking about uh, Ben Carson. I came across his story again the other day, and he talked about his growing up experience with a single mom who did not know how to read. And he really didn't realize that that was the case till many years later in his life when, um, because she had put such an emphasis on reading. She took them to the library. She had them read aloud to her every day. And while she did employ the public schools in her case, uh, probably homeschooling wasn't really that popular at that time, wasn't well known. But anyways, it, it came down to undoubtedly his education, his excelling in life really came down to his mother's pushing and influence in his life to learn and read. And this was a woman who did not know how to read herself. She was literate. So he attributed his experience and his success to his mother's pushing him. for what, you know. And I just think that is such an awesome story about how a parent who may not even know how to teach a subject, may not even be skilled in it themselves, can really um, be that guiding influence for their child. I kind of look at this particular year as one of our shining years in homeschooling because we have a first grader and we have a 12th grader. Uh, most students we've had in our academic homeschooling uh, program. And I have felt very confident through these years to teach my children based on my own education as a homeschooled student, uh, the things that my mom taught me, my dad taught me, and then just on being able to find good resources in the curriculum department and be able to use that as a catalyst for discussions, for showing my children more about facts that I may not personally retain from my childhood or don't know or don't remember and that type of thing. Uh, we are coming now up on one area. My, my 12th grader wants to learn physics. Now, I did actually start into physics as a 12th grader myself. But I quickly uh, shied away from it and said, I can't, I can't do this. I'm, I'm not terribly scientifically minded. So when he says, I want to learn physics, I'm all like, yay, hooray, let's do it. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, but I don't know this. And there's, there's obviously going to be a sense of intimidation with subjects we don't know. You may have a child who's interested in one of those higher maths or sciences, or for those who are scientifically, mathematically minded as parents, the literature side of things, the history side of things may scare you. I just want to encourage you as I'm going through this process myself, I'm trying to pick the best curriculum I can. I'm trying to buy resources related to that, DVDs or audiobooks and that type of thing to help us create a culture of understanding the big macro concept of what physics even is, um, in my particular case, that being our subject, and, and looking to ways that I can connect with those in our church who may know more than I know, who might be able to uh, do some counseling or mentoring in that department. And at this point, you know, we're, we're just excited. We're looking at it as like, this is an exciting journey. And yes, I will need to start learning a little physics to help at least guide my son through it a little bit. I'm not personally going to have the time to go through it with him blow by blow, but I'm confident that we'll be able to get this. And I do kind of think of things as online 
uh, courses, a possible backup with something of this nature where my son is getting older. The younger years, my heart's really to have a lot more relationship intense study where I'm not just handing them off to a computer. But at this older age, I think that's a really viable resource. Well, my mother was homeschooling my sister and I through high school as a single parent. And for those of you who've heard me on the podcast before, I probably mentioned this, but um, my mom dropped out of school in ninth grade. So, you know, our story is one that we really have some experience to talk about when people say, well, how can a single parent mother homeschool her children, especially through high school, if she hasn't had uh, experience with these subjects? I mean, mom, my mom was supposedly teaching us subjects that she'd never even studied. How, how does that work? Um, well, this is way back in the dark ages of homeschooling before there were even all the resources that there are now. And I did uh, a Becca video school, and which is essentially kind of like being in a Christian school classroom. Um, they videotaped the Christian school classrooms. And so you would sit there in class with your teacher and the rest of the students, and you have a textbook and you have the, the material and they guide you through what you're supposed to do. And um, essentially it was it was very much like being enrolled in a Christian school, but at home and, you know, able to work at my own pace. And I was able to do four grades of high school in two years. So we did an accelerated high school uh, with video school, which is very intensive. I won't deny that. But I got a very sound academic high school education uh, at home with a single parent mother who dropped out of school in ninth grade. And that was utilizing resources that were still available, but they were available back in the you know late 1980s, early 90s. And so there's so much more today. I mean, there's online tutoring. There's lots of video stuff online, uh, as well as DVD courses and things that you can take, plus uh, co-ops, plus you know, local tutors. There, there's so many ways that you can supplement. The idea is if you can teach your – this is – you know I've said this many times. This is my mom's philosophy. If you can teach your child how to read, you can teach them how to think, you can teach them how to study, then they can teach themselves. So she told us in high school, you know, you need to be self-motivated here. You need to be self-driven. She would, she had an answer key. She would grade our work and make sure that we were comprehending the material correctly and we were getting the answers right. Uh, But basically we were being predominantly self-taught in high school because she had little girls She didn't have the time to be there holding our hand for four to six hours a day while we're doing our studies. She had dinner to make, and she was running a business at that time and uh, all these little girls. So, you know, I think that's common for a lot of homeschooling parents. They've they've got these older ones, but they also have these younger ones. We're in that season of life right now. Um, And, you know, once you've taught your children how to learn, um, they may get stuck once or twice, but for the most part, they can read through the material and follow the lesson plan, know what, what's expected of them. And, um, you know, my son is so far advanced beyond what I ever could comprehend on certain subjects. Um, I, I sometimes jokingly say, I'm so thankful that we homeschool our children or we wouldn't know anything. <laughs> and, and it's it's kind of a backhanded uh compliment i guess to them in that they teach us stuff all the time well it's it's definitely fun because the the group mentality that our children have of someone learns something we had a daughter who was really interested in html 
Programming. Programming. Okay. See, I'm so illiterate in this type of thing. I don't even know what, how the technology goes. But anyways, she was so interested in it. So she started teaching her brothers and sisters all about it. She was so enthusiastic that they caught on to that enthusiasm. Yeah. Our son right now, who is 14, um, decided about two weeks ago he wanted to learn how to tap maple trees. We live in Michigan. And uh, when we're recording this, it's springtime. And so he'd never done it before. He'd never studied it before. I've never done it. I don't know anything about it. Um, Brooke grew up, up in Arizona where they don't have trees. Well, 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 we oh, have they saguaros. Have, they have, they have you cacti. You can tap a saguaro and get some good water out of there. <laughs> so uh, so other than drinking cactus juice, um, she didn't really have a lot of experience with this growing up. So we don't know how to do this, but we told our son, read, read up about it, study about it, find out what we need, and we'll help you. We'll buy the materials, and we'll equip you. And so far, um, he's gotten, what, 40 gallons, was it, of maple sap? Yeah, a little more, maybe 50. He's in the process of boiling it down, and he's still learning, and he's learning ways to do it more efficiently and effectively, and he's thinking about ways to get an outdoor burner. And, uh, you know, it's just fun to see yeah. him learning. And I'm learning just from him because right. he's out studying it and he's outdoors. He's learning outside of a classroom. Um, there's and he's so, taking all his brothers and sisters out there to see the whole process. So there's a lot of synergy that happens totally within and, the family. And homeschooling provides learning outside the box and outside the classroom. And are we qualified to teach? Well, what we're doing is we're staying out of his way to some extent. Right. Now, now granted, there are things that he doesn't like to study and there are things that he doesn't He's not motivated to want to learn. And so there are certain areas where we have to push him a little bit because he does need to know how to and, re- and the read and write and right. do math, right? Self-discipline so, of stick with it and yeah. get through a couple hard lessons. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's not like, we, you know, we're not unschoolers and, you know, we don't uh, just let our kids read and study only what they're interested in. Um, but at the same time, uh, homeschooling enables us to have the flexibility that our children can pursue their interests and they can study things that they uh, find interesting. And they're just far more motivated uh, when it is something that they're engaged in. And he's learning all kinds of things about science and about math. And, you know, he was telling me last night that the perfect temperature for boiling the sap is was it 250 degrees I think it was or exactly something like that? But or, yeah, I don't 230. For sure. Some some specific thing like that. And so we were talking about, you know, how do you regulate the heat when he's trying to use like an open fire outside and a, he's made a fire pit and it's just fascinating. It's fun. So anyway, we love the fact that we get to learn alongside our children, um, and we're grateful that we discover new things all the time. Um, just one more quick thought on that. Our children are so into animals and bugs <laughs> and plants now, uh, especially yes. Isaac. He's really into plants. And, um, you know, we don't know much about those things. I mean, granted, we did some zoology and biology and uh, those type of subjects back botany in the day. Uh, but you forget all that stuff, right? I right. mean, you're forced to learn it when you're a kid and you go through the textbooks and you forget most of it. But our children, some of them are just obsessive about those things. They love it. And so they give us fun facts all the time. And they tell us, you know, how how many eggs a uh, praying mantis lays. Or I think they lay eggs, don't they? Oh, yeah. We oh. had we had an episode well, I where remember, they I know they have babies. Once, I, so. I know that. Yeah. One of, our, <laughs> one of our kids got a, do they call them crocuses? That's yeah, a flower. That's a flower. 
Um, what do they call them? Some kind oh, of pod. Galls or something like that. See, I know nothing about this stuff. But anyway, they have this this pod that they bring in that uh, is where all the kid, the, all the babies are housed, and they hatched. Um, our our son brought it into our bedroom and hid it in there, and it hatched literally hundreds and hundreds of praying mantises all over our bedroom. Yeah. And so think about it this way: you can have this kind of fun as well <laughs> in your homeschool. So are you qualified to teach your child? Absolutely. Um, no one is more qualified than you. God didn't give your child to an institution. He didn't give your child to an expert. He gave your child to you. And he did it because he trusts you. And he knows that you are the best person in the world for raising and teaching and training this child. And he also knows that child is the best child for you to help you become the person that God wants you to be. And even that difficult child, he's made specifically for you. So we'll dive into more questions as we move forward, um, dealing with a series on answers for homeschooling. Uh, but thank you for listening. And I want to mention that we have this book available, Answers for Homeschooling, as well as Education, Does God Have an Opinion, as a bundle on our website. You can get it for twenty two ninety eight plus shipping. The uh, website is familyrenewal.org, O-R-G. And we'd love to have forward you visit there. Forward slash store forward slash store <laughs> and uh, we also want you if you haven't signed up on our email list to do so and that's familyrenewal.org forward slash subscribe and that way we can let you know when we're doing an event in your area we do a lot of speaking at conferences as well as parenting events and speaking churches we would love to connect with you there if you're on facebook please check with us at forward slash family renewal and forward slash israel wayne author we are at israel wayne on twitter and at Family Renewal on Instagram. So, again, we love you, we appreciate you, and we will look forward to the next episode of the Family Renewal podcast with you. God bless. Thank you for listening to this audio presentation. For more information on Family Renewal, the writing and speaking ministry of Brooke and Israel Wayne, please visit familyrenewal.org.